Well, there's a lot in our world today that continues to keep us on our toes, that continues to maybe want to say we want to isolate, we want to turn TVs off, we want to take off our news feeds. It could create a lot of worry, uncertainty, and fear. But today, I want to put us into a place of being thankful. Thanksgiving is around the corner, and I want to help us turn our eyes off of all of those things that can create some stress, some fear, some uncertainty, and I want to put our eyes on the constant, our foundation, our cornerstone, put our eyes on Jesus today. We have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We do. I want you to take a moment and think about your life. If you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to think about what your life was before Jesus, your BC, before Christ. How full did you feel? How much joy, how much peace did you have? And maybe remembering where you came from makes you very appreciative of who Jesus is in your life today. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, it's a great time to reflect, to say, where is my life? How much peace do I have? Do I have some holes in my heart, in my life, that no matter how hard I try with success and uh, friends and relationships and accomplishment, it's never enough. It's never enough. Then I also want you to think about how you came to Christ. Chances are it was probably somebody who told you about your life change or their life change to you. And that inspired you. It kind of caught your attention and, and you're just like, I knew you before Jesus, and now you seem like you're a different person. And you saw the authenticity in that person's life, and you saw the peace and the joy that they now had. Today, I want to remind us of what God has done for us. God loves you. I think sometimes we sang about it, but sometimes we need to be reminded of how much God loves us. He wants to be your father. He wants to be your protector. He wants to be your deliverer, your defender. And let's read about how much God loves us in the scriptures, the Bible. If you have your Bibles or if you have your app, by the way, if you want to download the Grace Capital Church app, uh, you can find a Bible right in there. But 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. I love 1 John, is a very, it's in the back of the Bible, it's First and Second John, and then Revelation's right at the end there. And John, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, he spent time with him. He knew Jesus really well. He knew Jesus really well. And so he wrote about the love of God. Now, remember who Jesus is. For some of us, this is like we learned this in Sunday school. Other people didn't grow up with a church background. And it's like, who's Jesus? Well, he's, he's more than just a prophet. He's actually the son of God. He's actually Emmanuel, God with us. We'll get to that in a moment. First John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, says this. Let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, 
because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. The God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world so that we might live through him. Okay, I want to stop there for a moment. Sent Jesus so what? That we might have life. When it says live through him, it's not just saying, and so we can find our life through him, and that's just, hey, we get through life. It's like that we might live, like have full life through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the, here's a big word, propitiation, which really means he was, he took our place. Jesus took our place. Um, and he took the sin upon himself, right? He was like the ultimate sacrifice. Let, let me back up for a minute because this is how thankful we are what God's done for us is that we probably should have received the punishment for our sin. All the things that we've done that is, you know, I don't need to tell you what sin is. I think we can figure that out because we usually feel badly when we do those things, Right? But Jesus went to the cross for us, and he, and he took the sin of the world upon himself. Why? And so God can be in a relationship with us, because the nature of God, God's holy, God's perfect, and he cannot be in the presence just by his nature. It's like, have you ever um, tried to, as a kid with two magnets, right? You flip them to the opposite side, no matter how hard you try, well, you could, but you try to push them together, it's just like, it's polar opposites, and they push apart. And that's what sin does with God. It pulls us apart from God because his nature is pure, righteous, holy. But yet Jesus, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we, God doesn't see our sin through Jesus Christ. That's why when people say, well, you know, what about all these other world religions? Um, aren't they okay? They probably believe the same God they might think they believe in God, but the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Because it's the only the sacrifice of what Jesus has done that gives us that access to our Father. All right, so I was here. Um, verse 11. Then it says, so he's, he was the propitiation for our sins. And he says, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. See, this is how much God loves us, that He actually gave us His Son. Now, today's message might just be seeming like, hey, this seems so basic. I remember all this stuff, but I want you to, as I'm sharing this, I want you to instill this gratitude in your heart. I want us to express what, what God has done for us and his great love for us because I think we can get so distracted by this world. We can get so preoccupied with what is going to happen next in our world that our eyes get off of what God has already done and what he's done is enough. We will find our being, we will find our wholeness, we will find our peace, we will find our joy in God's love through Jesus Christ. 
I love this as we're moving from um, a time of thanksgiving into our Advent season or our Christmas season. We, we hear this verse in Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, talking about Mary, with child of Jesus, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I think sometimes we can think about God way out there, like the God of the universe way out there. I hope he somehow hears me or sees me, and we want to realize that God so loved you that he wanted to come close to his creation, come close to humanity, to be with us and to love us. The problem when we start talking about God's love, though, I do know this, is maybe you didn't experience the love of the Father in a way that you can even comprehend this kind of love. But I want to let you know it is the most accepting, is the most genuine, it's the most endearing, it's like the biggest hug and the longest hug ever, and that's your Father in heaven, that's how much He loves you. Jesus went on and said this in John 15, And remember, Jesus is Emmanuel, right? God with us. So Jesus, who's fully man, but also fully God at the same time. I can't get my head around that one. I don't know if you can either, but but it's the, the miracle of it all. Says this to his disciples in John 15, 12 through 17. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends. I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. Here's the idea that God actually wants to be a friend of ours. In other words, what do friends do? They relate to each other, right? They, they come onto each other's level, and they have conversations, and um, He's there to comfort and to be there in the midst of your pain and your sorrow, your confusion, your hurt, He wants to be with you. Now, you said, well, where is God today? It's like, where is He? And as the Scripture says, you you can't see Him, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit today. And when we've accepted Christ into your life, actually, His Spirit says, the Spirit of God then indwells in us. And now that we can have Him close to us, and God wants to be near to us. So be thankful a heart of gratitude, a heart that begins to say, God, thank you so much for this was my life before, and this is where I am today. And you know, like what we sang earlier today, that that sometimes life does not go very well. Uncertain times, tragedy, painful circumstances, and we love to kind of blame God sometimes for those things. But do you realize that we're in a broken world? We're in a world that is made up of people's choices, and we can't control those choices. And people would say, well, God could, he's over everything, can't he control it? But you know what? One of the beautiful gifts that God has given us is free will, which means we can choose. We can choose to love God, or we can choose to reject him. But we can choose to bring hurt and pain into this world, or we could choose to bring peace, love, joy into this world. But the reason why he gave us free choice is because 
he wanted us to have the ability to love him back as he loved us. That we had the choice, that we weren't just these robots and programmed to love and to accept and be in relationship, but like, because how much is love is that? Like if we get to the day and age where we have robots that look like humans and we could program them to serve us, bring us our coffee every morning, I'd love it. But would I really feel loved by this robot? After all, it's programmed to say, hello, good morning, Mark, I love you. <laughs> uh, how may I serve you this morning, Mark? Oh, you, but you know what? I would have the passing flutter of like, oh, she's just serving me. But it wouldn't be love because I know that this robot is actually not choosing to love me. It's programmed to love me. And that's why God gave us a gift of free will of to say we have choice in this world. We can choose to receive his love or we can choose to reject his love. But I want to let you know that when you choose to accept his love, he lavishes it upon you because he loves you. And so much so that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross for you. And then not only did he stay on the cross, but three days later he rose from the grave because he actually was the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he overcame death. And he showed us that he truly was who he was. So let me just tell you about our state before Jesus and the state that we can still find ourselves in. And it's, I'm going to call it sin. We don't talk about sin a lot in the church these days, but um, let me just give you a definition of sin. Sin is defined as the things that will steal your peace and your joy and your contentment. Now, we do know that um, I don't really need to define what all those are, but let me just give you some examples. So when you get drunk, what? You probably don't feel very great, and you probably do a lot of stupid things, right? And so we would call that, right? The Bible would say drunkenness is a sin. Why? Because it robs us of our peace, steals us of our joy. When you go sleep with somebody outside of um, your marriage, you don't feel very good, do you? No. Um, when you substitute love for pornography, you, you don't feel very good. It actually feel pretty shallow. When you lie, you feel less than. When you take something that's not yours, you feel small. You, when you work so hard to achieve because you need to feel important, and yet you're putting that working so hard above a relationship with God, actually that is also sin because we feel exhausted and depleted as we pursue prestige and we pursue position it's robbing us of our peace and joy because in his presence, God's presence is fullness of joy. So here's the thing. What we said sin was, sin is the thing that, that uh, not propels, it separates us, I guess is a better way of saying it. It's, it's, it's pushing us further away from God. And it's our choices that we make that, that do that. Thankfully, God knew the problem and he knew the condition of our heart. And he says, I'm going to help solve that for you. I love you so much that I'm going to give you Jesus. 
And when we move to that place of saying, God, I am so sorry for those things that actually it's our selfishness, what drives us to all those places, right? It's our own self-centeredness. It's our selfishness. Um, it's our desire for the, the world to revolve around the orbit of yourself. <laughs> and then we find that we're lost, we're empty. Because I tell you, I found myself in some of those places. And the feeling of being lost and depleted, empty, less than. And then, then all of a sudden, Jesus comes onto the scene. He says, I- I'll forgive you. You don't have to keep living that way. You don't have to keep um, working so hard to achieve. You don't have to kind of try to fill all those voids in your life by all those different things that you think is going to somehow make you feel a certain way. And then he reorients us to realize that the way we should be living is living to be second. When we live to be first... We're thinking that the world should revolve around me, myself, and I. (laughs) And it's a natural tendency. Uh, That is actually our sinful nature. We're all born with one. Right? Thank you, Adam and Eve. (laughs) You're to blame for that one. But but we're born with a sinful nature. So we're just naturally... By the way, that doesn't make you an evil person. That doesn't make you... But it will pull you to places that will leave you depleted. It will pull you to places that will leave you empty and leave you feeling lost. And then here we go. So when we learn that we're second, meaning that, you know what? You know who needs to be first in your life? Jesus. Jesus needs to be first in your life. Because when you order it that way, that's where you're going to find peace. That's where you're going to find joy. And that's where you're going to find contentment and hope and love. And that's what makes us feel full. That's what makes us feel complete. And that's what makes us realize that we are loved. We are somebody. And that our life does matter. I want to let you know you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be exhausted. And you don't have to live empty. There's a different way to live. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, to some. Those online, I know from week after week, last week, somebody gave their life to the Lord online for the very first time. Let's give them a big hand if they're watching again today. And so many who have sat in these seats here have made a decision to say, Jesus, I'm tired, or God, I'm tired of living for myself that's leaving me so empty. I need to feel I need to feel like I'm loved. I need to feel like I belong. And receiving Jesus into your life does that. Psalm 32, in closing, I want to read this to you. Psalm 32. It's Old Testament. It's what, um, it's a psalm of King David. But he had, David had a relationship with the Lord that was so intimate and so um, close. And this is what he says, Psalm 32, 1 through 5. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord 
counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. In other words, when you didn't confess your sin, when you didn't confess your wrongdoing, your bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. But I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and he forgave the iniquity of my sin. All of us have been in that place where we have done something wrong and we've had to ask the Lord to forgive us. And you know what? He is so just and so quick to forgive us and to love us. Today, I want us to move into a posture of thankfulness, but I want us to move also into a posture of being second. I, I want to show you this website up here. It's IamSecond.com. If you've never been there, I would encourage you over the next uh, week or during the holidays or during your Thanksgiving, go there. Because these are stories of people like Lecrae who have journeyed down a path and found loneliness, drugs, alcohol, um, and then found Jesus, and then found Jesus. And he tells his story in a little mini movie, a 15-minute movie of, of what that was like for him. Or the Gaines, Chip and Joanne Gaines are, are another one who have this journey and this story of realizing that they wanted to be second, they want to put Jesus first in their journey towards discovery of what that looks like and, and how the pull of, of fame and this pull of wanting to be successful has took them on a, on a crazy journey, but then realized they had to get recentered in their relationship with Jesus. You see, I think all of us can be reminded what it means to live second, to say that I, I want to be second. You know, I, I think that 1 John 5.11 says it this way so well. 1 John 5.11. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Lecrae, the Gaineses, and so many others on the I Am Second website would tell the stories, but all of you have a story to be told of what it was like when you chose to be first and how was your life going for you. <laughs> but when we choose to be second, putting Jesus first, you realize that life changes if there's a big idea I want you to walk away with today, it's this is the idea. The big idea is you will find peace in second place. You will find peace in second place. I guarantee you if you put Jesus first in your life, you'll find peace. If you have found Jesus and then you somehow through life have made yourself first again, today I want to remind you, Choose second place. Choose second place. This Thanksgiving, when you gather, 
whether you gather with friends, I, I know we've been asked to keep our, our distances these days. Um, but if you're gathering with friends, family, would you take a moment before you sit down for your meal and maybe just share some things that you're thankful for that God has done in your life? Because today, as I recounted the things that God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, when you feel, see what your life was like when you were first, and then you became second, the peace that you found, the purpose that you found in life, there's a lot to be thankful for. In a world that wants to get you distracted with fear and confusion of the future, whether COVID is going to continue to haunt us or whether the economy is going to shut down or whether or not whatever is around the corner that can bring fear to you. There's no fear when you choose second. Because at that place, you realize who's in control, who's got your back, who loves you, who's your protector, who cares for you, who has a good future for you, who will look after you, who will love you through the storm. He's our rock. But let's choose second. You'll find peace in second place. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.